right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I will be fired up today, man. We're talking when anybody who's a car guy, the first time they experience that moment. And that moment always occurs when you take something ugly and slap some beautiful wheels on it, right? You you could have the ugliest, most hideous, weird-looking car, and all of a sudden, you put some shoes on it and things Spin 180 degrees, and that's where we really get a focus today. We're one of the top names and top brands out there, Ford's line. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked about this, bro. Oh, absolutely. You know, we, we've said all the time, uh, the right wheels and the right stance can take just any ride and take it up a couple of notches. Now, if you think about your wheels, I mean, that is the essential sort of contact patch, right? Your tire, of course, but your wheel and tire is what is gripping the road. It's what gives you the feel, the traction. Uh, and there's such a huge performance element that goes along with, you know, picking out a wheel that looks good. So whether you're full on racing, you know, you need a performance wheel, maybe you don't care about the looks, but hey, man, every race car driver wants their car to look good, too. Uh, but every, you know, street guy, track guy, whatever you're doing, uh, if you can blend the two together, and that's a hard thing to do. You'll find a lot of wheel manufacturers out there that have, you know, just pure performance wheels and they're great. They'll hit, they'll hit all the times and performance metrics you want. But, you know, they might leave a little lackluster, you know, something to be desired there. And then you'll have other wheels that look spiffy and awesome. But are they going to be durable? Are they going to have the right stiffness factors? Are they looking at stress concentrations? You know, are they the lightest wheel to give you the lowest rotational inertia to get you that speed and braking, uh, accelerating, stiffness and cornering? Marrying those two together is a very tricky business and. Yeah, there's, there's one company out there that really nails it. Like you said, that's Forge Line. So we're going to bring on David Shard a little bit here and talk about some of the details behind, you know, what's into a good wheel. Yeah, man, there's so much that is kind of the unknown. It's one of those things, it's like Fight Club. We don't talk about it a lot, you know? It's just one of those things. You don't, you don't realize the performance, the balancing, the efficiency, and how much that goes into what your car is doing, how it's acting, uh, and, and how it's, you know, getting out of some of those, those times when it gets uncomfortable and unsettled and things start moving uh, in, in ways you don't want them to. Um, the wheel has so much... Uh, power to to make or break everything yeah and and you know there's a lot of different choices in a wheel you can get a cast aluminum wheel obviously you can get a steel wheel uh, but we all kind of know that you got at least get into aluminum category you can get a cast wheel okay pretty good saving some weight over steel you can go right yeah. into the top dog forgings that's kind of the cream of the crop for for forge line that's kind of really where you want to be so forging is going to give you that ultimate strength that strength's going to get you 
you know, take out material, make it lighter. Uh, you can do something in between, flow formed. Right now you start to see some of these composite wheels, so carbon fiber uh, for part yeah. of the wheel construction. So a lot of different choices out there. So kind of navigating through, obviously your price point is kind of a big determining factor, but navigating through, you know, where do you want to be in that space and, and what's it going to bring to the table? Yeah, that price point factor always comes into play, no doubt. And the worst times too, because you get the you get the wheel you like, you know it's going to work well as far as your stance, your overall look, and really give you that smash factor on the ride. And then you hit the price, <laughs> and you're like, wow, who, <laughs> dang, um, yeah, man. But that's where we're at nowadays, given the cost of materials, supply chain issues, everything where we're at. So we'll take a break. And when we come back, the man that tells us all about where Forge Line is going, um, how they've navigated this, you know, sort of uh, alchemy that is, you know, the wheel and performance. Um, we'll be right back. It's Two Guys Garage Podcast. Kevin Bird, Willie B, and we'll see you after the break. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. Fired up. We have our friend Dave, president of Forge Line. It doesn't get any better than that, man. Talking all kinds of wheels. Um, what they're doing, how they're navigating these crazy waters. Hey, Dave, welcome to the show, man. Thanks so much for your time, man. That's awesome. Hey, great to see you guys. Thank, th thanks for inviting me on the show. So give us a little rundown on, you know, in your mind, what makes Forge Line really stand out? Because if you go anywhere, you can go to the racing series on the track. Uh, you can go to track day events, uh, whether it's Optima, whether it's King of the Mountain, you name it, you're going to see Forge Line wheels all across the board and just purely in hot rods. Anybody who wants anything performance and they want it to look good, there's your product. So what are the, some of the things that really stand out and make you guys one of the front runners? Yeah, and I, and I think you nailed it on the head in, in your intro there. You you're talking about it's really hard to nail the performance aspect and the looks together. And I think over the years that we've really, we've really got that down. Um, you know, we, in the beginning, we only made racing wheels. Obviously, that's still a huge part of our business. 50% of our business is true motorsport racing. But we've been able to make those wheels look good as well. Um, look at any of the top pro touring cars or any of those autocross wheels, uh, all those cross cars out there, the top autocross cars, they perform really, really well, but they also look great. Now, what's your, your process? Because, you know, there's always typically a compromise between, you know, performance and, you know, looks, aesthetics. Uh, how do you kind of marry those two together? How do you get, you know, a wheel that's bridging the gap? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously the true race wheels, we have, we only have so much we can do with, we're trying to get them as light as possible, we're trying to hit a stiffness factor and, and we can only get them to look a certain way. Um, there are a lot of other wheels out there that are people are crossing on that, that actually probably aren't optimized. They're not as light as some of our other wheels, but you know, some people are sacrificing looks for for weight um, and, and in an autocross course isn't really making that much of a difference if it's a pound or two heavier than the other wheel. So I got a question on the looks department because that's where I think you guys always excel. So who is back there kind of marrying and getting that cohesiveness between that performance side, but yet I don't know if you guys would say that you're you know, on the leading curve, you guys are, are setting the objective standard uh, as far as what people are wanting uh, in a performance-looking wheel because you guys are on everything and you seem to be ahead of everybody else. Yeah, I think we're setting the standard in the pro touring community for sure. Um, and, you know, when it starts at the performance level, and, and that's, that, that's Todd and I. And some, and some of our customers actually give us some ideas. Um, if you've seen a lot of our stuff lately and some of the stuff we coming up, it's all – 
um, heritage vintage style wheels that we're that we're recreating. I mean, you, you're talking about steel wheels in your in your intro there. We make we make an aluminum wheel that looks like a steel wheel. It looks like an original equipment steely wheel. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> would, would you have ever guessed? Would you have ever guessed years ago that you'd be making lightweight versions of the old steel wheel for for hard? It's, it's nuts, man. Roaster stop came to us and wanted us to make that wheel. I'm like, you've lost your mind. I mean, who's going to pay a thousand dollars, fifteen hundred dollars for a wheel that looks like a an original equipment steel wheel? And, and they were right. I mean, we sell tons of those. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds Hilarious. like you guys have a lot of lot of options because you, you pretty much are kind of make to order uh custom so you can do anything from you know design wise shape wise if you got to do suspension clearance brake caliper clearance uh those types of things you guys will work with customers so you really can as a customer kind of lean on one side of the scale do i want pure race do i want to take every gram every ounce out of that thing get the lightest and stiffest wheel or do i want to blend and start making it look cool or do i want to go all the way you know, sort of toward the other end where, you know, I still have all the performance. I don't care if it's got a little extra meat on it because, damn, this bitch looks good. I want that set of wheels on my ride because that's going to set it apart. So you guys can kind of tailor uh, to what people are looking for, right? And we do. And we're talking to the customer. We're asking all those questions. What are you doing with this car? Are you, is it going to have slicks on it? Are you going to have it on the racetrack? Is it just an autocross car? You know, that's that's part of the sales process so we can nail it down to exactly what they need. Well, I like that we're getting to hear you guys are machining wheels right in the background. Like we were right in the middle of you guys making wheels. Uh, now your forte, you know, I would assume is the forgings, right? That's pretty much the big part of your lineup. Uh, can you walk us through a little bit on what you offer? Because you can do a monoblock, uh, you can do a three-piece wheel, uh, and then you do a little bit of flow forming as well. So maybe you can explain sort of some of the differences there and the trade-offs for anybody out there. Yeah, I mean, most people know us for for our three piece wheels on the pro touring side. You know, that's uh, we're we're manufacturing the center out of a forging, we're machining it out of a, out of a forging, and then we're bowling it to two rim halves. And you can be very custom on a wheel like that because the you can have the inner and the outer, and they can be two different colors or polished or brushed, and the center can be different. You can have you can show the bolts, you you can hide the bolts. So there are lots of options on the three piece wheels, and 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 we can basically basically do any offset you could possibly think of in a three piece wheel. The monoblock wheels were actually machining out of a 125, 110 to 125 pound forging itself. It's already kind of in the shape of the wheel in different sizes, but we're machining the wheel out of that. Now it's less customizable because it's all one piece wheel, but that wheel ends up being actually lighter. If you took the same exact design in a three piece wheel and a one piece wheel, that one piece wheel is going to be stiffer and it's going to be lighter because you don't have the rim register and the bolts. So ultimately on professional race cars, you know, sports cars with big wings and aero, you know, you're going to see monoblock wheels on all those cars. They're, they definitely perform a little bit better, but less customizable. Yeah. And I think people have a little misperception there. Uh, Cause you know, I think traditionally, you know, go back a few years, you'd see a lot of three piece wheels on race cars. And I think because you could maybe damage an outer hoop and replace it. Almost all, yeah. Almost all race cars had three piece wheels because, because of that. One, uh, they're fast to market because we can make anything they need. And yeah, the repairability of the three-piece wheel is fantastic. Well, as racing got more serious and, and manufacturers got involved and the cars are just getting a lot more serious, they figured out that the monoblock wheel just ultimately is just a better wheel. It's stiffness is more of a factor now than lightweight, believe it or not, especially in the in, in people, you're talking to people like Porsche and Chevrolet and Ford. We're adding weight to wheels to get them stiffer 
because they react better on the cars with all the aero of the race cars. Can you explain what that reaction is with, with the aero and the wheel when you're saying stiffness so people understand, like, what have you seen? What are the numbers that support it? Like, explain what's going on when you're stiffening the wheel to, to that extent so some of the people that they're listening might understand it better. I mean, all, 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 all wheels deflect. I mean, even, even on your street tires and stuff like that, every time you go around a corner, your, your wheels deflecting a little bit, you can't really see it, but you start putting slick tires and air, big arrow and on racetracks and putting, you know, almost two G's on some of these cars. Um, th those wheels are going to deflect a lot. Uh, and when they deflect a lot, that's just, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of time that you're losing where that, where that car is not taking a set. Um, so you're trying to make that wheel completely stiff. So everything they're doing on the suspension itself is doing what it's supposed to be doing. You're not getting this extra reaction or, or movement from the wheel, if that makes sense. Yeah, everything in your vehicle, right? I mean, you, you always hear about uh, chassis stiffness. I mean, your chassis is flexing, uh, your control right. arms, your hubs, your knuckles, uh, everything right. down to your to your wheel. And so, you know, in engineering, you're trying to manage, you know, gosh, where would I rather have the weight versus the stiffness? Which one's more important? So it's interesting on a wheel because uh, that that mass is you know unsprung weight for a suspension, uh, but it's also that rotational. Uh, so right, kind of finding that right balance of uh, what's the stiffness, but I'm giving up some weight. And I remember going back uh, in college. You know, I've been doing a lot of mountain biking forever, and uh, the biggest thing you can do on a mountain bike uh, to feel like the bike will go faster, accelerate because you're pushing on the pedals. You can clearly feel your acceleration weight is how much you can take off the weight around the outside diameter. So a tire, you can have a steel bead or a Kevlar bead, and then you can start getting carbon fiber rims. I remember just changing the little tiny little nipple at the end of the spoke and going from a steel to aluminum. And I'm just holding the little, you know, a handful of these nipples in my hand going, Psh, I'm not going to feel that. I could hardly tell it, but you could feel the acceleration difference because it's out there. So interesting that... Um, you know, it's still worth, obviously there's some metrics and some targets, putting the stiffness in, uh, but I'm sure just trying to take the weight out everywhere else, right? Yeah, and you talk about uh, weight on the outside of the wheel, we also make a carbon fiber barrel wheel where the, we manufacture the aluminum setter, but the, out, the outside barrel is carbon fiber. So that reduces, not only is that wheel a little bit lighter, um, but it reduces the weight where you want it reduced, which is on the outside circumference of the wheel, just what you're talking about. Yeah, and I, I bet you that's very measurable. Uh, it's very measurable, yes. I bet it's super affordable, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, now, we know, we know, you know, there's probably two aspects to carbon fiber. So carbon fiber itself is an expensive process to make fiber. So that's always going to be a, a, a difficult one for the price to come down. Do you think the process, the manufacturing process, uh, will help ease some of the price uh, you know, parity with, uh, you know, carbon fiber hoops like that? You think eventually that it would just like everything else, but right now, obviously it's not. I mean, th there's just a shortage, you know, the, take the Z, the new Z06. I mean, they're, they're, they can't, they can't deliver any Z or they can only deliver like 300 Z07 package cars this year because they can't get carbon fiber wheels. Um, so they can't manufacture them fast enough. Now, are you um, doing just the outer hoops in carbon fiber at this we're just, point? We're doing the outer hoops because with a with a full carbon fiber wheel, every single fitment that you ever did, any every size, every bolt pattern, every mm. offset would take a different mold. Right. And 
So that makes it really hard to have a whole bunch of custom wheels and all these different sizes. So that's how, that's why we do this, just the center approach with the carbon barrel. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Now no tell doubt. us maybe a little about the saves a lot of sense. So that's too. kind of in the middle between, a, you know, yeah. A casting and a forging, right? Yeah. So, so the face of the wheel on a flow form wheel is casted just like a normal cast wheel. And then they're leaving a little bit of material on the backside of that center. And then they're flow forming that out between two wheels, that, which is basically putting forged characteristics. They're forging that barrel out, out on that wheel to whatever size that you know, we require it to be. Um, so the material on the barrel has forged characteristics that enables you to make that barrel um, a third of its size that you normally would. So you're saving a lot of weight. So that barrel is strong and it's the wheel ends up being a lot lighter than it would if it was a cast wheel, but it's still got a cast face. Nice. So, you know, anybody that doesn't quite understand, you know, why is a forging same material, let's say same materials, you know, the casting, give or take, um, you know, in a casting, if you look at your ice cubes, it's not exactly the same, but if you look at your ice cubes, when they freeze, you can see all kinds of little voids and air pockets and things in there. And so that gives you the idea when you're casting something, uh, it's, it's imperfect. You might get porosity, especially in thick sections, uh, and voids, um, and you don't get, uh, when the metal starts to freeze, uh, it's freezing typically areas where it's colder first, obviously. And so you get all these different grain growths as the thing is freezing. And so, uh, when you forge something, you're really smashing it you're getting grain alignment, uh, and you're really improving the quality of the metal. You're getting rid of any defects and voids. Uh, so, you know, your strength goes up and you can really start to thin it out and still have that same sort of durability. And I think the flow form, as you mentioned, by really working that uh, barrel, uh, you're, you're essentially forging it, you're really working it, uh, you're kind of pushing a lot of those defects out and whatnot. Uh, so you're getting, you know, you're sneaking up on some of the, the quality and, and performance you're gonna get out of forging. So it's great to kind of have all those three options there, plus the carbon fiber if you really wanna go wild. <laughs> yeah, right, the carbon fiber is definitely a good option. Flow from wise though, it's a little bit different too, because the forgings we can make basically anything that you want because we're machining it from scratch you know that set of wheels but the flow form wheels are basically a cast wheel so we make them for mustangs camaros some porsches um corvettes obviously um and there and we can make them in custom colors but then generally you're going to get a wheel in a box and a specific offset that we already make that makes sense yeah okay so little less uh let's say options for full customization yeah Okay. Um, so are you limited then, you know, three piece, you can pretty much get anything. Uh, but if you're really going after, you know, ultimate performance, can you typically get what you want in backspacing and all that stuff with a, a monoblock forging? No, we're, li- we're limited on backspacing, you know, high okay. offsets are no problem, but low offsets, a lot of the pro touring stuff, um, they would have to change axle lengths or something like that to make that work. So yeah, unfortunately, because of that pad on the back can only be so big, we are limited on backspace on amount of I mean, look, we got to go for a quick break, but I got to bring up a couple of the big names that you guys have supplied wheels for because a couple of guys just cracked me up, and I got to see um, who made the biggest impression for you, uh, and and some of these cool wheels that you guys are making. What's next? What's coming around the bend for SEMA uh, in 2023, 2024? Looking forward for Forge Line. So let's take a break. We'll come right back. Kevin Bird, Willie B. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. 
It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And we're speaking with Dave, president of Forzine. Man, I'm uh, I'm stoked you took the time to talk to us. Really cool to just kind of pick your brain about all things Forzine. Um, I know you guys are always on the forefront of, you know, big time celebrity people's cars, whether it's, you know, big time singers or celebrities or actors or I saw you guys hooked up with Kevin Hart. So that that in itself has got to be hysterical. Who's some of the the more popular people that you guys have made wheels for and what was some of the, the funner experiences you've had, you know, returning their car with your stuff on it? Uh, let's say, you know, Richard, Richard Petty was a good one a long time ago. Uh, yeah, oh, we had right, a really right, good right. relationship with him. And I think my brother, my twin brother actually, uh, they traded hats. And so my brother got to wear Richard Petty's hat. So that, <laughs> that was, that was pretty hysterical. <laughs> so, uh, we recently did some wheels for Kane Brown, country single Kane Brown. We did some B-lock wheels uh, with his KB initials in the center. We did the KB initials in the center cap. So that was kind of cool. Oh, sweet. Um, and then we did, uh, just last SEMA, we did uh, Keith Urban's uh, 69 Mustang, which was really cool. Got to meet Keith Urban over there at SEMA. That was a cool car. I saw that car. That was gorgeous. That car was, yeah, that was really cool. It was a cool car. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. Ford, Ford was involved in that. All right. Thing, yeah. now you guys are also doing, you know, wheels for famous cars like the Ford gt uh tell us a little bit about that set of wheels that's a sharp looking set now is that ordered just through you can you get those through ford uh yeah that's actually that's actually the Ford gt mark ii which is a limited edition uh Ford gt it's more of a track inspired vehicle um they're only building 45 of those cars i think he said more of a track and as if the right, car right. wasn't already a full on yeah no this is even more this is even more <laughs> Of a track day car, right? Exactly. Um, so that car is what two point three million dollars or one one point six million dollars for fees or something. Wow. Um, so that is a that is a that was a Ford came to us and they wanted us to. They had a lot of a lot of times people come to us and say they need a race wheel and they need to meet these levels and this stiffness factor and this weight and you know and we just make our design and make it work. Well, Ford came to us and said we have all these design requirements. Um, as, as far as weight and, and stiffness and all that kind of stuff, but it has to look like this. <laughs> so, yeah, don't so, tie your hands or anything, a, you know? All right. That was a lot more difficult project. It took a long time to get those wheels right, but they turned out great. The car is phenomenal. The wheels turned out great. Man, they look sharp. Uh, you can you can Google anywhere and you'll see them pop up. Uh, but that's pretty, pretty stellar to be on uh, sort of a top dog ride like that. But you guys are on all kinds of supercars. Um, yeah, we're on the, both the, the Hennessy, what is it? The Hennessy S5 that's out now. And then they have a roaster version as well. We're on the production cars with their, of those we are on, uh, we're working with Draco, which is like an electric supercar. Uh, we do the Glickenhaus race cars, Glickenhaus. Um, if you know, racing and supercars, you know, Glickenhaus, um, I can't think where, yeah, we're all, we're all kind of diversion 3d that supercar, which is the printed printed supercar have you seen that it's an electric car as well we're on those cars y'all just showing off dave you're just showing off at this point <laughs> we actually made we actually made wheels for disney for a roller coaster oh it. what <laughs> how does that happen i don't know how that happens <laughs> <laughs> they called us they were looking for somebody to make a, an aluminum wheel for uh um i it, it's one of the roller coasters down there but it was uh, it wasn't even the size that we normally make and the more we talked to them the more we we it was just such an interesting project. We took it on and ended up making quite a few wheels for them. So that, that was a fun project. Hilarious, man. So so tell me, David, was that a fast roller coaster? Or uh, I believe it's Space Mountain. Oh, really? Nice. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, that's cool. 
I haven't been on that ride in a long time. So what's hey, Some what's coming up? There. You know, as you guys sort of see the the trends, and you know, you look at autocross, you look at so many people going through this pro touring setup. Um, I really see that growing even even more so than what it is right now. Um, you see a big future there, and w- how do you guys stay ahead of that curve? How do you guys sort of set that standard? Who's back there drawing up the designs and marrying that with the performance? Yeah, that definitely is the hard part, especially when we're as busy as we are, is 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 getting yeah. new, getting those new designs out for sure. Uh, but you guys always seem to do that, and uh, you guys are always leading it. Um, well, thank you for that. We we, we think that we do, and. Uh, so we have some. We do have some new designs coming up with SEMA. Um, things we haven't talked about, but you'll see very, very soon. We get calls for you know what a Halibrand style wheel is, like on an old yeah, or something yeah, like that. We've yeah. been asked for that for years. Um, not an easy wheel to modernize and machine and all that type of stuff. But when we finally put that together, I think it's turned out really, really good. We're excited to release that. We'll have that both in a full center lock version for uh, for those Daytona coupes and Cobras and stuff like that, and a five lug version as well. We're excited about. Yeah, I love that look, man. Man, you will sell the heck out of those. That that's a very popular look, very popular wheel yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, a lot of a lot of fake ones out there, but to have a, a true center lock, you know, Halibrand style, that that'll be. Yeah, cool. we think our version's uh, the, the, the the a good version of how it looked then, and just modernized just a little wow. bit. Nice. Yeah. Well, that that's that's a great example of you guys kind of staying out there in the forefront. Uh, you know, everywhere I look, I, I see guys running your wheels, especially out in performance. Uh, you know, we were talking about Mike Dussold a little while ago. I think uh, going into Pike's Peak race not too long ago, we had a couple of uh, guys yeah, yeah. that we were betting on who would who would you know win the ticket there. Um, <laughs> uh, but you guys are uh, kind of taking on an IMSA team, aren't you? Uh, we're taking on a big IMSA team. Unfortunately, I can't I can't let you know who that is, but that we'll we'll uh, we'll release that sometime in the next couple of weeks. But uh, it's a big deal to us. It's a it's it's a, you'll know who it is when when you, you know it. It'll make sense to you too. Hey, D- Dave, I got a question that's got to be on everybody's mind. Over the last two years, we've really seen the availability of of wheels go from yeah, I'll get it to you in a week or two. Um, to I'll get it to you in, you know, seven, eight, nine months or more. <laughs> um, <laughs> massive supply chain issues. How have you guys navigated that? And where do you see that? Is that still an issue? Is is the time that people are waiting from when they order the wheels? Is that is that getting better? Um, kind of walk us through what that's like on your side, because I'm sure it's been tough. Yeah, it's been tough, but the good thing is that we, that, that, you know, a lot of people have supply chain issues because they're waiting on something on a boat. Um, sure. And we don't have that issue. I mean, everything, every, every part of the wheel that, that we buy, whether it's a bolt, uh, I think the valve stems come from Germany, but we buy it from a distributor here in the U.S. <laughs> but everything is here is made in the United States, so that's been better for us, I think, for, than a lot of people. Most definitely. Uh, and it's and it's get it's I, I can say it is getting better. Our lead times are coming down. We've we put in a lot of new machines. We put in a new paint strip line. We put in a lot of things to try and get all all those times down. And those times definitely on our end are coming down. We are having some supply issues with some manufacturers, but to a certain degree, we've over ordered. We've over ordered a lot of things because we've based our business on being able to get people wheels in a realistic amount of time. 
Were, were you surprised at the swell that you saw when everything kind of shut down? So many people got back on cars and, and in their shops where they hadn't been. It had to be an explosive thing for you to kind of witness. It was, it, it was nuts. I mean, it slowed down for about four weeks and then it just went straight Boom. up after that. It was relentless. For two, yeah, two, right. Two <laughs> and those are the phone conversations you have with people. You're like, they're like, well, I, I've had this project for five years. I haven't had the time to work on it. And now I have the time to work on it. And, yeah, it was. It's been great. I imagine just about everybody in the, uh, especially the aftermarket automotive industry, is just needing like a a two month vacation, you know, from the last <laughs> two and a half years. Yeah, it really has been hectic, and, and you know, and you say over and over, it's a good problem to have, but it's it, it's stressful. Every day, it's like a "Where's my two dollars, guy?" from Better Off Dead. Where's my yeah. two dollars? Right, exactly. Two weeks. Where's two my two dollars? <laughs> where's my wheels? Where are my wheels shipping? <laughs> yeah, where are my wheels? Where are my wheels? <laughs> uh, well, you guys done an amazing job keeping up at it, man. Now, how do people keep up with you guys? Where Where are you at on social media? How do people see what you guys are doing? Um, the people's builds and so forth. Yeah, I mean, we're on social media on, on with for, you know uh, Forge Line, both Instagram and Facebook. We do we do a lot of social media there. Um, our website is ForgeLine.com. Yeah, and you guys jump on their website for sure because if uh, you're thinking wheels at all, I mean, just look at the designs. It's just there's page after page of designs, and then of course we talked about all the different uh, configurations whether you want a drag car, you know, road race kind of type uh, wheel setup. You know, different type of construction castings, or sorry, not castings, but the flow forms and the forgings, etc. So, man, they have a great lineup on there to check out. All right, man. Well, right on. Hey, thanks for your time, Dave. Sure, appreciate it. Uh, don't forget about our show airing weekends on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. It's also available on Motor Trend Plus, which is streaming format. Great way to find us. Thanks for our guest, Dave, who is president of Forge Line. Uh, what an amazing company and story he has built. Glad to have you on. Our producer, Scoop, executive producer, Bob Ecker. He's Kevin Bird, and I'm Willie B for the Two Guys Garage podcast. Yeah, don't forget to check out our website, too, twoguysgarage.com. Share your thoughts. We're on social everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Two Guys Garage. Now, this Two Guys Garage podcast, it's copyright 2022, Brenton Productions Incorporated, all rights reserved. <laughs> hey, Dave, I got one question for you. Yeah. When all those older, like, factory replicas and steel wheels, when they took off, were you just stunned every week when you came in and saw the numbers and totals? Oh, it's crazy. Just like, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I, <laughs> they, just, they, they, were, they bugged us and bugged us to make those wheels. I'm like, you're kidding. And they're like, all right, how about if we order, like, six or eight sets of them? All right, fine. And so they ordered six, eight, and the award, we're now, we're doing them for Dodges and Fords and old farm trucks. And I mean, you name it. I mean, we're making them for everything now. Uh, you know, nostalgia, man, it's, it's so cyclical. It's, it's just weird how it comes back around and, and yeah. you know, I'm, that's, that's a big wave right now and ride it on brother, ride it on. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Really yeah, we'll cool. see if some of those bad eighties wheels designs come back too, you know? <laughs> yeah. If you have any, I mean, we're looking for suggestions on that kind of stuff. We, we know that stuff. We're, we also have uh, we did a set of wheels. I think it was last year. We've just done them for Roadster Shop where we're going to release them to everybody else. It's a, it's that ET mag five, five kidney whole wheel. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Some people call the five it, slots. Yeah, right. Some people call it an Anson wheel, but each yeah, yeah, yeah. It. So we're gonna release we're gonna release that wheel. I love that wheel. Yeah, that wheel was great. I, I used to run that wheel all the time, man. It was awesome. <laughs> all right, guys. Hope you learned a little bit about wheels. 
have a great place to shop for sure. Uh, we will catch you on the next Two Guys Garage podcast. Two Guys Garage podcast is a production of Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.